Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce the next guest. He has worked for the NFL in college recruiting and in youth sports now as the event manager for the Junior Volleyball Association. Please welcome Connor Contorno, everybody. Woo woo. Pleasure to be here. Love your signature. Woo woo. Excited to be on. <laughs> Yes, excited to have you on, and, you know, I like to start off, um, you know, all the podcasts, where did sports begin for you, whether that was playing as a kid or just going to sporting events with friends and family? Yeah, I was going to say how far back you want me to go. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, sports has always been a big part of my life just as a kid playing, you know, basketball, like uh, flag football, like soccer with friends. And then as I got older, uh, I started playing volleyball. So that, that's been my sport since I was probably like 13 or 14. So that was always something that um, I thought, you know, oh, this is cool. And then freshman year, high school rolls around. I try out for the basketball team. Don't make hmm. All right, guess I'm I'm just gonna go full send into volleyball, and honestly, it's kind of been a whirlwind since then. Um, so learning the sport, falling in love with it, playing in college, uh, just at a club level. So uh, unfortunately, the offerings for men's volleyball was a little few and far between growing up, but at least 15 years ago. But and yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I was that was great. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, you know, the sports industry is so vast, you know, it, they say it's, you know, it's a broad industry or lots, but I feel like it's a, you know, it's very tight knit and there's a lot of connections. Um, so talk about, uh, obviously you were an athlete, you played uh, the sports and you played club in college, uh, but talk about when did you decide or think about, well, I'm not going to be a player, so I could turn this in and, you know, learn the business side of sports. When did you make that connection? I would say I was probably a sophomore in college. Um, I have been playing um, for the club team for a couple of years then and uh, started being a practice player for the women's program, which was really fun. Started meeting a bunch of people through that, then started, you know, helping out at the volleyball games, then realized there was sports marketing department, asked if, you know, uh, there was any openings. And then I started working in college athletics on the sports marketing side. So I started doing that when I was, I believe, the end of my sophomore year and loved it, was working basketball and soccer and softball, and just really got to see the behind the scenes of athletic events that I had never saw before, and I loved it. Uh, and then yeah. From there, yeah, I went from there, and it was just, and now I'm here like 10 years later. <laughs> That's awesome. You touched on it. You know, a lot of times when, you know, folks are going for internships, they, might, they may want to seek out, you know, the local teams or local organizations across their region, but how imperative is it for, you know, students or even student athletes to try and get involved with their athletic department at their college? You know, I, I can honestly say like I became 
a fan of sports I didn't realize that I would ever have. Um, and that's due to just my involvement and in getting to see, like, I love working softball games. I was like, I never thought I'd love, you know, going to those. And I do like warm up songs for the girls and like started nice. you know, getting to meet people. So that's like a huge thing is like, if you go to college and you had your college has all these athletic programs, like go to the games, like it's so fun to see things that you never thought you would enjoy and then as someone who worked those events too um I got, again I got to see like the little things that now I when I watched a professional game I'd be like oh like I kind of know what they're doing like I know why there's so many timeouts at a basketball game like <laughs> media it, it I think it's something it's so worth doing especially as like even as a, as a student athlete you're so busy but going to those other games or just asking how you can be involved in some way. It's, it's hard, especially at a division one level, but my biggest recommendation is just see what you can do. Like there's so many opportunities to know about. Yeah, for sure. And talk about what was something that surprised you, you know, going into college athletics and like, you know, maybe what's your first job or seeing, you know, working the different events across uh, the different leagues, what was it like to see, you know, each game and how they operate or each sport or how they operated? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is how much time it takes to put on every sport. So, like, I, I got a unique, I had a unique opportunity, too. I, I actually managed uh, our women's volleyball program. So I was not only was I managing our women's volleyball program, but I was also working in at the athletic department. So, oh, wow. uh, so I saw a ton of different sides of it. So like, even as a manager, like I'm getting there before the girls do at like 6am or something like that. And I'm not leaving until like 11pm. And that was more unique to that role. But then you look at the sports marketing side and um, you're, you know, you're getting to that game like four hours early to start prepping to, you know, roll t-shirts or, uh, just kind of set up equipment and get, you know, the volunteers who are going to sweep the courts like during for basketball timeouts or who's going to be on the soccer field kind of running with uh, the different uh, referees or whatever, just kind of helping out with like balls and like making sure that the people are staying out of certain lanes. It, it's there's so many unique things I could go into for this whole time, but those are the little things again that when you're watching now, like for me now, I'm like, oh, I know why they do that. Like it's it's a unique opportunity for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you touched on uh, something that is so imperative. Like <laughs> the game doesn't start when that you know when the clock starts, when the timer. It starts hours and hours before, right? Yep. <laughs> Yep. Like it is, it really is insane how much time you are there and you could do like a 12 hour day, but the actual game was like three hours or even less than that. But you're there again, well before cars enter the parking lot. And as every car leaves the parking lot at the end, it, it's so cool and, and get to see that. Yeah, for sure. And talk about, you know, obviously, it's a it's a heavy time commitment, and I think every league, every no matter what level you're at, has a different uh, time commitment. Of course, how do you you know prioritize that and make sure 
that, you know, it's not a burnout kind of thing where it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, this this season or this season, um, how do you kind of balance that with the type of schedule uh, you have to do or have done with either in the past or now? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'll say if you want to be in events and you make events your full-time job, that you're a special breed of person. Like, you just want to go, go, go the whole time. I think the biggest thing is, again, scheduling that time in the middle of a day or whatever it is, if you're working, like, 12 hours, like, make sure you can, like, just step away, even if it's for, like, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, however much time you get. If you can take it, take it. But it really is, it's, it's a passion. So I would say, you know, it's not comparable to all these other amazing things people do and nonprofits and things like that. And even those, you get burnout. I would, again, I would say, if you are going to commit that much time, just really make sure that you enjoy it. And it's something that even on your worst days, you're excited to go to work. Because I can tell you now being in this profession for almost, I think, nine years now, professionally, um, I, I still love it. Still loving going to work every day. Uh, it, it's, it, it's a, you get challenged every day. Nothing is the same. It is always crazy. Uh, but that's what I love about it. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I mean, it's so key. Uh, passion makes a whole lot of difference uh, because they say if you're passionate about it, you don't work a day in your life, but Hey, uh, that's the old adage, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's awesome. For sure. Uh, so talk about some of your experiences. Um, you've worked with the NFL. You worked for the Bears for a little bit. So talk about that opportunity and how you got to work uh, for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those unique. I, I got to kind of dip my hand and see what I loved about it. So I was, uh, I don't know how many people know the name. The second season I got brought on is their monster squad. So it's basically like their spirit, like pep, like team that goes out. It's wearing like these bright orange jumpsuits, riling the team, uh, the players up or, or riling the fans in particular, like going out to the tailgates outside uh, the stadium. And it was one of the coolest experiences to walk onto a professional football field. And you're literally there to make the fans experience even better which is crazy so like i'm out there with like a t-shirt cannon uh people are going crazy for this <laughs> cotton t-shirt as it's going in the the stands and it was one of again it's one of those you get there so early to prep and it's everyone loves being there you're you're there because you love the sport and it's hard you're not making you know tons of money but you're getting this opportunity to see the behind the scenes of, of a professional sports team. So um, definitely loved what I did and worked almost a full season, I believe, with them, um, which was which was awesome. Yeah, and talk about that experience. I mean, obviously you're and, – and that's so pivotal. I mean, you talk about, you know, being the teacher at Canon, getting – I mean, I, I you know, we've all been there. We would be at a game and they throw the T-shirts or whatever and get the free – uh, things out so talk about how what lessons you learned uh, doing that whether it was during a tailgate or even during a game uh, what lessons did you learn in that role that have helped you uh, throughout your career well I would 
first say that there is a right way to fold a t-shirt so it fits yeah. in the cannon. You would, yeah. not be, you would be surprised. Like, the tighter you pack it, the farther it's going to go. Uh, no, but I think the biggest thing is, like, in a role like that, you have to be on. Like, your job is literally to be upbeat and engaging and personable. So even on the days, that's the last thing you want to do. So being in a role like that, again, it, it's – it's knowing that like, Hey, I'm, I'm here working, but I, what I put into it, it's what I get out of it. Right. That applies to everything in life. Um, I would say I learned a ton about like how I approach uh, myself on a bad day and how, you know, they say fake it till you make it right. Like sometimes like you have to trick yourself into being like, you know, like I'm not having a great day, but what was that, you know, was it 10 minutes of your day that was bad and you're letting it affect the rest of your day? Like you can't let those small amounts of minutes or an hour affect the rest of your day because you have a job to do. Like you, you, you're not going to enjoy going to work every day, but you also get to, you know, test yourself and challenge yourself to make the most of it. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, from there, you went into uh, being an events logistics coordinator uh, on the football manager for NCSA and their athletic recruiting. Uh, so talk about that. You were there for almost four and a half years. Uh, so talk about that experience, what you did there and uh, what you did in that role day to day. Yeah, um, man, that just feels like so long ago. Uh, <laughs> 20, 23 year old Connor. Um, I think that that again, that was such an amazing side of sports because um, NCSA, uh, it's gone through some name changes, but it's still, that's still what it is today. And that is, it's, it now stands for, used to stand for next college student athlete. So um, that was, the side I was on was I was going to field hockey, lacrosse, like all of these, again, really unique sports that I never got to see growing up or was a part of. And I was there as the events guy. So I had to figure out how to get a tent and collateral and like these recruiting materials like all these things i get paired up with a coordinator recruiting coordinator who was on the phones with the players and the parents talking about what services that ncsa offered and when i was there too i i was chatting people up i was you know talking about to, to lacrosse parents a sport i've never played i was talking to them about at least what I knew about the recruiting side and helping out where I could, knowing that, again, that recruiting coordinator, he was taking or she was taking the bulk of that. But I was there, again, learning the sport, learning, like, what the best way to set up a, an event is like. And I had, like, a 10 by 10 space. And now I'm working in facilities where it's, like, 400,000 square feet. So that, that was a cool experience, too side and what goes into the recruiting side for players because I didn't really dabble in that again like I said college volleyball um, is still very small on the men's side today uh, but it just wasn't something I thought I ever had a chance at so you know I'm uh, I'm five six so definitely not what you think <laughs> a volleyball player would uh, would be but I loved it every moment of it and then I got to see a side of again that the youth sports side where I was like oh like these kids are starting when they're like 14 years old. Uh, that's insane. And I had so many amazing conversations with parents and I love going to the volleyball events because I got to talk, uh, talk my sport too. So that was a huge, uh, 
huge, awesome experience for me. Yeah, and talk about the college recruiting. Obviously, it's different among sports, but what is something that you've seen, you saw in that role that you may have not expected is cross, uh, you know, as you're recruiting high school players to their future colleges and what, what are some of the concerns for parents might have, you know, whether it's the top echelon of players or even ones that are trying to make scholarship? Yeah, I would say, I mean, there's a ton of things I remember saying um, that I learned over time. And, you know, one of them, I, one thing I always said to a player or a parent or both was, you know, make sure whatever college you choose, you're still want to you're still want to going to want to go there even if god forbid uh, you could never play that sport again or you just like lost your love for it uh, would you still want to be there are you only going to play this sport because at the end of the day like how many people are going to college to be that play that sport for professionally <laughs> very few right far between you're going to college to learn to grow to you know, figure out what you want to do after college. You're not there to play volleyball. You're not there to play hockey, whatever that might be. You're there to learn and and see what else is out there. Uh, and sports is such a great vehicle to get where you want to go. So in terms of like scholarship, you know, there's so many people who say D1 or bust. I'm only going D1. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, D1 is such an amazing goal to reach for, but, you know, do they have the programs you even want to study? And then does that D3 school, do they have those programs? And not only, you know, maybe they don't have that full ride uh, athletically, but what if they can meet you halfway uh, academically or even more academically because you're a great athlete and they want you at their school and you're in an amazing place. I had a mom tell me one time, you know, we only found this college. My daughter wants to work in, uh, parks someday, wildlife, all that stuff. They found a program through the recruiting service that we had, and she's going to go there whether she plays volleyball or not. And again, it, it's you get to find these opportunities, and if you laser focus yourself into D1 or bust, you just missed out on so many amazing opportunities where you could be playing for a D3 college, D2, NAIA, uh, that they win national championships. Everyone wants to be a national champion, right? At some point in their life. That's an amazing feeling. Um, would you rather ride the bench D1 or would you rather be a starter and have an amazing experience at a school where you got to, you know, achieve your goals both athletically and academically? Yeah, for sure. And obviously uh, with name, image, and likeness coming to the forefront, uh, how has that changed uh, college recruiting uh, and effective it at all as you know as that has come to the forefront here uh, recently in the recent years yeah I mean I think that you know I've, I've been a little removed since all of that went down but speaking from a side of when it wasn't even a thing at all um, but the conversation was still happening all the time I mean I think there's a lot more power uh on the players now like the players have more power to choose the school because again as silly as it sounds like if you're an influencer have you know a hundred thousand instagram followers or tiktok followers whatever it is like you are bringing potentially money into that college program 
And now maybe maybe you have a little more wiggle room and options, which is, which is awesome. And these these kids who you know unfortunately ten years ago didn't get to have that. Um, the kids now like take advantage, like know that like hey, how I market myself, who I am as a person, like how I tr- like all the things that happen. People post online that are mistakes and. You have to really, you know, look at yourself and be like, am I setting an example for a college that wants me at their school? Because there's so many more eyes on you now. Yeah, I think you make a, a great point there with having the opportunities and and be a strategic, right? Um, because I feel like social media is a great thing. There's a lot of detractors out there, but if someone if we have more people use social media for the positives, it can be more powerful than the negative, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really is. I tell, you know, as a, I am, I'm a club volleyball coach. I coach 16 year olds been coaching like four or five years. You know, I always <laughs> tell them like how we treat the refs, how we treat our teammates, how we treat the other team. Like that says it's so much more about you as a person than, does this person get, you know, us the most points? Do they pass the best? Like, are they our best blocker? I want, I always, as coaches, we always say like, we want to make you better people, making you a better player is just a bonus. Um, So it's really thinking about from a young age, like how am I going to uh, present myself to the world? Because again, you might not think a college coach is watching you when you're on the bench, but that's probably mm. when they're watching you the most at times. They can see your film whenever they want. They want to see how you are with your teammates on the bench. Are you excited? Are you getting pumped up? Like, how are you supporting your team when you're not playing? That's a huge thing, too. Yeah, I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there um, that making you a better player is a bonus, being a better person. Um is the more instrumental part. And I cannot stress that enough. I mean, youth sports in general, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned in that. And that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much pressure now these days too on kids to perform and they're in these elite programs and they're traveling, you know, like to 10 tournaments a year. I mean, it's crazy for me as a coach to go to all these things. And (laughs) what I try and, What I try and emphasize with a lot of my players is um, I'm not asking you for perfection. I know maybe that's a a hot topic, whether or not you say that or not, but I say, I want you to strive for good enough. I want you to strive for, did I better the ball for my teammate? Am I allowing my teammate to make something more of what I contributed or is it perfection or error? Perfection or error? I want them to feel comfortable knowing perfection is an unrealistic goal at the end of the day. It's not, I'm not saying it's not achievable, but it can't be every time. We're humans. There's no way we can pass perfectly, get a, the, uh, a kill every time we go up to swing. Like those are things that, it, again, it, there's this pressure on these kids to perform at every opportunity. And I want to let them know I'm going to support them even if they make an error because who cares, you know, like it happened. We have to move on from it. So when players turn to me and say, I'm sorry, coach, I say, you know what? Like, I know you're sorry. You don't need to tell me that. I want you to tell me, hey, coach, I've got the next one because I've got the next one makes you focus on the future and that next opportunity. I'm sorry. You just focus on the past and you haven't moved on from it. Yep. I mean, 
That is so true. I mean, the New England Patriots, when they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, they know that it's very yeah. hard to chase yeah. perfection. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the the ugliest uh, game could be the one you win against mm-hmm. the best team. And you know what? Sometimes, like, it's going to look ugly. Uh, you want it to look clean. You want it to look good. You want to look good out there. But, you know, earn that point however you can, however you can get there, get there. And you'll continue to grow and make that a little bit better every time. But again, like sometimes it's just ugly out there and you know, you, but you still are accomplishing that goal uh, and you can build off of that. Yep. Uh, I couldn't say it any better. The ultimate goal for any uh, sports uh, team or athlete is to win the championship and to get, if it's ugly, that's fine. As long as it's a win, to get closer to that championship, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it's a step closer all the time. Like, I, I last year I coached, you know, in a really awesome team. We ended up losing in the semis of a, of a national championship in Orlando. And But, you know, they're all looking at me so defeated. And mm. I'm like, you guys, we just won, like, 13 matches in, like, Days and we were one, yeah, we were one match away from playing in the you know national championship for our age group. And yeah, it's tough to look at yourself being like we were so close, but does that like take away anything that you did before? Um, wasn't there just an interview um, with the Bucks where you know it's like, oh, yes, a, right? Do you think today's a failure because you didn't win? He's like. Why is it a failure? Like we we played, we got up this morning, we entered the gym, we played as well as we could, and and we learned from that, and we can look back in that and say say to ourselves like, hey, we put in our effort. It didn't come out the way we want, but at the end of the day, between two teams, only one of them is walking away with the win. That doesn't mean that you didn't accomplish your goal or that you uh, are less than. It just means that you went out there, you tried, and you competed, and you put in that effort. If you can look back at yourself and say, I gave myself, I gave 100% for that game or match, whatever it is, and you lose, like, you should still be proud of yourself, and you can work towards your goal of winning. Like, winning is a goal, but there's so many subsets of that that the winning part, like, that's just a – a overarching summary of what you did. All the other things is, did I get up at 6 a.m. and I did reps and I ate the right way and I got sleep, I drank water. Like, those are all those steps that lead to winning. Yeah, that was Giannis's interview post-game. And I got right. to say, I mean, I was in sports media. I know um, it probably changes the – it may make an impact on how uh, the sports media ask questions because – yeah, it was a tough loss, and they got eliminated. But like you said, there's so many things that built up to those moments that to have one moment or one play or one game or series defined as a failure, that's that's really hard and not not really not really something that should be looked at as a failure because there's so many other things that go into it that make a whole difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's funny because, you know, coaching even this year and we win a match and, you know, I look at, you know, the head coach that I coach with and we both are like, 
I didn't like that win. It didn't feel good. <laughs> like we we won, but were we the best team that day? I mean, probably not. It just went our way. And then there's games that we play these amazing teams and we lose and we're like, wow, we we kicked some ass out there today. Like it, it that was awesome to watch. And, and again, it's it's so much easier to say you had a great day if you won and it's a failure if you lose. And that's just it's it's hard to change your mindset, but Sometimes you have to dig deep. Yeah, I love that. Um, so talk about, uh, I know we've covered a little bit of the U-Sports aspect, but uh, talk about your work at RCX Sports on the U-Sports base and now being with uh, JVA, the Junior Volleyball Association. You know, what do you enjoy most about U-Sports? And, you know, what has changed over time uh, since you've been involved professionally in that side of the business? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and, you know, that's why I choose to also coach in my free time is, like, I love the kids, uh, getting to interact with the kids, mm-hmm. seeing the ones who are giving it their all, the ones who, like, need an extra push. Um, like, that's a huge, like, awesome, like, thing that I get to be a part of, like, helping, you know, develop kids at a young age again to you know play that sport but as I said earlier like trying to help them be a better person and like the youth sports side as a profession as a career for me you know I was so involved with like again football athletes or basketball athletes and really just kids I never really got to you know at least sports that I never really got to interact with and then I'm running a football camp and I'm telling, you know, kids, hey, you need to move this way, sit over here. We got a line forming, like, help me out. And they're like, yes, sir. Like, no, sir. Like, you know, we're in the South. So it's like the politeness of kids and then <laughs> seeing that. And then sometimes the not so politeness of kids. You know, we all have those bad days, right? Um, I think that what's cool for me to see is how much sports has grown and what kind of industry it is. It is such a huge, honestly, money grossing career like in terms of what bring how many opportunities there are what they bring in being that grow helping the youth sports side grow being a part now of volleyball um getting to help grow the sport that i grew up and love so much like i get to be a part of that every day every time i walk into my office or uh, start working on an event um, i get to look at myself you know and, and be like hey i'm doing this for like the opportunities I wish I had when I was growing up. The the state of volleyball, even on the boys' side, still small, but you walk into a facility and convention center and there's sport court everywhere and there's Nike or Adidas and like tournament merchandise and like a 360 degree camera. I'm like, I didn't have that when I was a kid. <laughs> I, went to, I went to a crappy gym, played, you know, played the sport, loved it, but I didn't have the same like experience. And now, like, RCX, like, you know, experience was or it still is part of their whole mission. And that is that is so important because what you you want to go participate in something where you have this memory afterward. And that is like what I do in events is helping create these experiences that people won't forget. Yeah, I love that. And, And talk about the event side. Um, working with a tournament housing company uh, like Team Travel Source, uh, which I'm a part of, and how JVA has been able to, you know, we host multiple events for JVA throughout the year. 
Uh, one of them was the JBA World Challenge that you were at over 13,000 room nights. So you can obviously say that it was a huge event. Uh, what did you enjoy being there? And did you get to meet some of our uh, team while they were in Kentucky? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'm going to say this first because I, you know, I tell the people that I work with on your side all the time, I would die for you guys. You crush it in everything that you do, and it's amazing to see the customer service that you give. And I've gotten to meet, so it's like Chelsea, Reeves, mm-hmm. or Rebecca, Reeves if you're friends, so like, you know, got to get on her, that level. Yes, uh, I lo- Reeves is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then Sean, I just started working this year. Chelsea's kicks ass every day. I love working with them. They're so like, as soon as I send them a message about something, they're like, we're on it. We got you. And it's just really awesome as an event organizer to be able to rely on that side because the hot like housing hotels that is it's an insane industry and that alone is a full-time job so i you know get to work with them all the time and talk about our events and and like you said world challenge like that is a nightmare in hotels (laughs) because you know things happen like you know someone goes to a hotel and and there is an issue they have to move their room block and to have again that reliability of i'm not getting a call at 1 (laughs) a.m trying to help this club out when I have to get up in like three hours to go to the event and set up. Like it's amazing what TTS does for the people that they work with. And, and again, I, I can't say enough about how hard, like again, Chelsea Reeves, Sean, who I work with almost every day, like how amazing they are and, and how, again, how comfortable I am to know like, Hey, they got this and they're going to be so personal to everyone they talk to. For sure. And talk about, you obviously mentioned time. You know, what are some key elements for those uh, event producers that may not work for, uh, work with a tournament housing company? What are some things that you would advise them to consider? Because obviously a key component is time, but what are some other things that are helpful in working with a tournament provider? Yeah, I mean, I think just again on the housing side, it's it's like trusting that like if you do work with a housing company that you have to let them do what they need to do and mm-hmm. trust that they're the expert in that industry. So, you know, again, if you're not in the industry, don't have a lot of background, it's really hard to figure out like, oh, I need to be communicating with this hotel all the time, making sure that they have like credit card authorization forms like do they offer free breakfast? Do, uh, is their bar going to be stocked? Because, you know, sports parents, they like to have fun too, right? So it, it's knowing, like, are those hotels adequately staffed? Um, do they have the amenities that they're saying that they do? And then, you know, even doing site visits, like imagine as a tournament organizer who's just focused on getting teams to their event, like having to go to visit hotels just to see if that's a hotel that they even want to offer to their um, guests that are coming. That's a big thing too. So there's so many things to think about that I don't have to because I work with you. Yeah, for sure. And I love that. And, and talk about, you know, um, the connection with the hotel partners and how seamless that is when, you know, we can save, you know, an event producer time on that end because you guys obviously want to focus on producing the events, bringing, you know, the tournaments back year after year. 
Uh, so talk about how instrumental it is on the time side. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I could tell you right now, I'd probably take up like, you know, in a typical work week, you know, everyone says 40 hours. If you're working in events, if you're working on just your event, that could be 60, 70, 80 hours, especially during an event <laughs> week. Um, and you could be doing all of that in like, you know, four days. Um, and to, again, know that that side of it, if somebody calls you or sends you an email and says, hey, like, you know, 40 of our rooms got moved to another hotel, I get to pass that off to Team Travel Source and, and say, hey, can you figure out what happened? And they have a whole team of people that is literally their job to figure out what happened to communicate directly with the club coach or director or just parent and give them that peace of mind that they're talking to someone who is there to help them and not a nameless, faceless hotel that, you know, it, it doesn't really know what's going on because they're talking to the person at the front desk. Um, so that is a huge thing, too, that I get to feel like I trust that TTS is going to do what they need to do. For sure. I love that. And talk about, you know, event day. So like when it's the event, um, you know, do you travel to all the events or how does that work, you know, with the JVA side where, um, you know, how does your uh, travel look like throughout the different events that you guys host throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, I so I came from about six years, heavy events um, where I was going like 20 to 25 weekends a year, which was huh. honestly insane. I don't know how I, I did it, but like it helped me to grow and like kind of learn about time management too. And then I'm just kind of almost wrapping up our second season. We have a couple more, two or three more tournaments left for this year. And now, you know, last year we hosted seven events. Uh, this year we're hosting 10 events over 11 weekends. So this year I'll be traveling to eight of those. And all I can say is it, it's, it's really hard to, again, if you're not starting from, you know, weeks out, managing that time, knowing like, hey, like I have to be traveling this day. So did I pull my out of office up? And like, so people know like, hey, like they can't reach me that day. And then when you're on site, I am kind of a crazy person and I will say that I kind of go with the philosophy of first one in, last one out. So I'll get there, you know, before the lights turn on at 6 a.m. and I'll leave like right at like once that last ball drops in the court, like I'm there for another 30, maybe an hour, making sure things are okay for the next day to prep for the next day. So it, it, it really it really is the time management part where you don't really know what you're getting into until you do it for that first time. And then learning like, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta leave for 30 minutes because I can't listen to whistles anymore. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Uh, but th you know, that's a big thing too, where sometimes I just like pop in a headphone uh, just to drown out some of the noise. Like it, it helps. It's, it's just the little things you can do to make your, life easier, like bring two pairs of shoes, change them halfway through the day, change your socks, like give yourself that little like pick me up. And then obviously caffeine's your friends. I'm, I'm a little also crazy where I don't drink that much caffeine. So I'm kind of go, go, go without it, which um, I'll probably, as I get a little bit older, I'm 30 now, I'm going to have <laughs> to start hitting up that Starbucks run a little bit more. But um, I, again, it's, it's learning like what your body can take and knowing like, Hey, like I, if I don't do this, like I'm going to have a bad rest of my day and you don't want that. Like you're talking to parents 
players, coaches who had an issue with a ref who, you know, security told them like they have to wear their wristband on their wrists uh, and they can't have it on their bag and trying to talk them down. And one thing I learned too is people just want to vent. Uh, there's so many times where I'm just smiling and like being like, Hey, I get it. It's okay. Like, we'll figure it out. I'm the guy. If you need to yell at me, I'm your guy. And they're like, <laughs> they like calm down. They're like, Oh, okay. Like, thanks. I just, I really needed to talk. I was like, I got you. Like, I'm here. That's why I'm here. And it, you just have to know that like, you know, people aren't talking to you. They're talking at you. It's not about you. You have to learn to like, kind of take it on the chin sometimes be patient. Yes. The, the biggest lesson that I learned in sales was don't take it personally. It's, it's just a phone it call. It's just, it's just That's someone right. on the other line. And like you said, they just, they, all they, all they want, whether it's somebody that's um, angry or upset, they just want to be heard. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think JBA <laughs> junior volleyball association, our biggest thing is customer service. And, you know, we're very much so within 24 hours getting back to you. And it's so funny the amount of replies back I get where it says, hey, thanks for replying so quickly. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, I see it come in. I want to clear my inbox. So I'm going to tell you, like, I'm going to get that answer to you as quickly as I can, because I know you appreciate it. And it's just being efficient sometimes, too. Um, it's also knowing, like, hey, like, if you're working on something important, you don't got to respond in five minutes. Um, I got to be better at that. But uh, it's also like pouring a pride. Like I'm doing the best I can for them. And if I have the ability, I'm going to do it. Um, so that's a big thing, as you said. Like you just sometimes people just need to be heard. Exactly. And, and talk about, you know, when you're at an event, uh, the execution, the, you know, how rewarding is it knowing that, you know, you've done all the planning, everything's been taken care of. Well, at the event day, and the event goes off, and it's great. It, no, no uh, mistakes. Uh, you know how rewarding is it to see, you know, the event when it happens, knowing that all this work went to it, and now it's you know it, it's going on right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, you know my first year with JVA was such a learning experience, and you know I. I got better every event and then this year I you know I feel like I'm like dialed in I'm locked in like I know what works well what what doesn't I can anticipate better and for example using world challenge in Louisville just a few weeks ago that's our that's our that's our biggest event it's 1100 teams across two venues over three days and you know the the description I got from like some of our own staff and then other people was like it was so smooth like there's no better feeling than someone telling you like my whole job is the logistics behind it. So like to hear someone say it was so smooth. I'm like, that's the biggest compliment in the world. Cause it's like, I did my job. And it's funny too. Like, I feel like being like the athlete I was and still like kind of searching for that thing I want to get better at and grow with like world challenge, like that happened. It went off great but there's still things I can improve on. There's still things I can make mm -hmm. better. There's still things we as a staff can do to make it a more enjoyable experience. And I'm now like, all right, it happens. Awesome. We talked about it. We debriefed onto the next event. And it's knowing like an event is always going to be coming around and also, but also appreciating what you had. So like kind of savor it, like enjoy it, have that like week or two that you're removed from it to decompress 
and then like hit that ground running again because you got more stuff to do. Uh, so that's like that was awesome to experience the Louisville tournament and have again it, it was awesome. I, I'm so proud of my staff and everyone that I, my coworkers, my bosses, like everyone who was there that made it a success. Yeah, JVA World Challenge, a huge event. Uh, you know, always a pleasure to talk with the parents and coaches, always helping uh, them out. And yeah, we we love uh, that event. It's huge every year, and uh, you know, try to do the best we can to make uh, the parents and teams happy. Yeah, and you you do that like you really do. You actually some your some of your staff came and brought a big inflatable like dartboard. Nice, yes, really <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. And then and then also like they get to, you guys get to then talk to these parents and stuff. They're like, oh, I didn't realize like that what you even were, and like, oh, <laughs> we're the people that help you like get you know housing. <laughs> Every event that you go to with the JVA, and you know, I know you guys work with um usav and aau as well and mm-hmm. you know i think i was listening i can't remember the name she she works for you guys but she was talking about um how like jva aau and usav like we don't view you tts as a competitor like an asset like to the event and it's, we're not like oh man we're not going to use tts because they work with USAV or AAU viewed <laughs> as a competitor to us, but at the end of the day, like we're all trying to make our events better. And even within like USAV AAU, like JBA has uh, created a really great uh, partnership with AAU recently on our boys events and continuing to grow together. And can't say enough about the staff there, uh, Joe Jablonski, Joe Gura, who are there, um, love working with them. And then, you know, I would love to someday work, you know, maybe collaborate with USAV. Like, we're again, we're all, I know that's probably maybe a pipe dream, but <laughs> we can make the sport better. And that's why we're here, right? We're here to help the kids grow. We're help, here to create more opportunity and maybe underserved communities. Maybe we partner on some sort of give back or diversity, inclusion, something together like that we get to be proud of and be like, we're setting our differences aside for the sport because we're here for the kids, right? Like that is, that's why I do what I do at least. Like it's the most amazing feeling in the world to um, get to look at a kid, talk to a kid and like a girl got injured and her dad, she's limping over and I just like run over there and I'm like, I got you. And we hobble her over to the trainer and like, it's it's an amazing experience to again see the player's perspective because again that's that's what you do it for it, it's awesome yep i love that and the podcast you're referring to was the one with kaylee barnes another yeah volleyball yes. staff member yeah yeah <laughs> um i really enjoyed listening to hers um just more so recently because i knew it was going to touch on a little bit of both right volleyball and um, the housing part and, and who you guys work with. So um, love listen. I, I love listening to all your podcasts. Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Now. Yeah. It's just, it was fun, especially when you reached out, I got to, you know, be like, Oh, like what's, what's this podcast about? And you do such a great job, like talking to so many uh, unique people in different parts of the sport that 
is is the hotel services side of sports is that the exciting thing that you could think it is it actually can be uh surprisingly so um i just again i can't say enough about that but really even enjoying getting to talk about something i've given so much of my life to yeah for sure love it connor i really appreciate that um it's always good to hear uh positive feedback so uh before i let you go i always uh, what advice would you give those who are interested uh, getting into sports that whether that's the youth side, the tournament side, or even just getting their feet with in the sports industry? I know we touched on a lot here, but anything that you would advise those young professionals uh, who want to get into the sports industry? Yeah, I mean, I think the the number one thing I can say is do not think you're too good for a job because you never know when you're going to be asked to do something because everyone thinks like oh i'm going to work for you know the the bears professional sports team whatever professional sports team you want to and you got to grind to get to a point in which you know you feel like you're like a manager director whatever that is in operations or you know for me personally like if you're running a volleyball event as grand as an event can be you know this year alone, uh, we needed our sport court uh, mopped because it, it just <laughs> came from another event. And unfortunately, the facility couldn't do it. And I said, you know, give me a bucket of water and a mop. And for like <laughs> two or three hours, I spot checked courts. And, I, you know, I did what I had to do. And, and you know, I, again, I'm, I'm coming up on like my ninth year of post-college career in sports. And I'm still doing that stuff. And I'm going to do that for as long as I'm in sports and as long as my body allows, I'll get in there. And there's also that satisfaction of I got to, you know, be a part of making the event spotless, right? Like figuratively and literally at that point. So again, it's checking your pride, checking your ego and knowing like you're going to have to do stuff that you view as beneath you, but if you treat everyone, the janitor or the CEO, the same, you're always going to be uh, patient and understanding and jump right in. Cause it's, it's uh, working in events is also a team sport uh, in case no one, in case you didn't know it is a team sport and you have to do things that you might not want to do or not feel comfortable with, but it's for the betterment of your team. And a win for us is a great event. So that that's that win. Then that is you know, a series of events that continues to grow uh, every year. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. Connor, I couldn't say it any better. You hit the nail on the head. I love it. It's not just, it's not, you know, no matter what title you have, always be willing to say yes, because you want to put on the event. And it's not just yeah. about what role you're in. Uh, you want to make the event great. Yeah, that's exactly right, Adam. Um, <laughs> Yeah, be be just a team player. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to send you a LinkedIn request or shoot an email, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think LinkedIn, that's how uh, you met me, right? Uh, Contorno uh, is my last name, C-O-N-T-O-R-N-O, and then Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R. Like, that's just look me up on LinkedIn. Um, if you go to the JVA website, uh, jvavolleyball.org, you know, my you can reach me there on our staff page. Uh, but, yeah, definitely interested to chat with more like-minded people like yourself, Adam. All right, Connor. Well, it's been a pleasure.
Absolutely. Take care.